and welcome to the Free Range Buffalo. Break free from the herd. Today, we are wrapping up our Incentivized Animal Series, Episode 6. So what? And joining me remotely is my good friend, Michael Morris. Good day, Mike. Good evening, Bryce. So, how are you doing this fine day? Doing well from uh, Calgary in quarantine. <laughs> Cabin fever has yet to set it. Well, you know, early. we just uh, endeavor to persevere. We'll, we'll probably have to do a uh, subsequent uh, episode to discuss the uh, that whole piece. But um, I do want to finish up the uh, incentivized animal. You know, and, and we had talked about this uh, originally when we laid out the architecture for the episodes, it was going to be a five-part series. Um, but it occurred to us uh, when we were talking is, uh, yeah, well, what does it all mean? And I think it's really good to try and put a bow uh, uh, on it. And, you know, if for those of you who've, who've journeyed this incentivized animal period, I really want to give you something out of it. I, I really want to, you know, try to put a bow on it and, 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 and try to give something positive out of it. So uh, I'm just going to do a quick, quick kind of a, the, the highlight reel of last five episodes. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. So we talked about the, in the first episode, really laying out the foundation of the human animal. You know, it's the hierarchy of needs from the most base, you know, need of food and shelter all the way up to self-actualization. Um, Mike, you had a, you know, a really good point in that in, uh, the, the first series about the different, you know, um, incentives between the pursuit of pleasure versus the, uh, avoidance of pain. Yeah. The, um, how humans are motivated uh, twice as much by the avoidance of pain, uh, and, uh, the pursuit of pleasure. And, uh, we could maybe see that in the, uh, the market and people's reaction. Yeah, exactly. I found that one fascinating. And then we fast forwarded, talked about in the second episode about social acceptance, trying to belong, which really came down to a really a discussion between the rational versus emotion or instinct. And sometimes our instincts and our emotion are underlying a rationalization, which is to say sometimes our rational mind is trying to understand and defend what decision we've already made emotionally, um, which was a very uh, interesting thing. So really taking a look and saying that there is a rational component, but you can never discount uh, the instinctual, the emotional, this underlying substrate uh, that drives um, people's um, decisions. And then when we moved in and into the, uh, on episode three, we talked about the truth of the markets. And really, this is trying to take the, you know, the humans, the human animal, we're taking a look at incentives, what's driving our decisions, and then how are we working together? How does, how, how does these incentives, how do they come together to make anything of value? And we showed how when markets are, it's, it's a spreading of risk to take on rewards, which makes these individual choices and, and, and socialize them. It puts them into community. It brings it into a group. And that step is really one of the best ways to articulate what they're talking about, the invisible hand, how at the, how at the basis level it's, a, it's individual decisions to their best interest. But when you put them and you aggregate them, you sum them together, and that's where you start building up um, these, these efficiencies. 
rather than a top-down driven, which actually brought us into episode four, um, which was a base, a whole thing was on efficiencies and how these efficiencies, these reduction of friction points, as they're talked about, uh, creation of wealth, and really still coming back to that individual self-interest being the best uh, way for you to find the smallest answer comes from bottom up. And we compared uh, how modern vehicles, how, how do you shop for a car? You know, and, and, you, and you say how, how there's multiple motivations. You know, a, a vehicle you take a look at is always a good example. You could take a look at horsepower, fuel efficiency, fuel fuel type now. Uh, a, a, the look. The look, styling, brand, you know, I mean, what does it signify? You know, whereas, and that's that, that's a bottom-up approach, whereas if you take a look at um, what was on offer in any state-directed economy, command control, top-down, you get a car. You'd be lucky everyone if you Everyone had a Lada. Yeah, everyone gets a Lada. There's no options. Yeah. You know, you get what you get, you don't get upset. You know, and, uh, you know, that line works well for parenting, but doesn't work well for grown adults who want who are wanting to make choices, and that's and that's the brilliance of the system. And then we we wrapped everything up talking about how um, in episode five the excesses of the systems, the failures of it, how um, the incentives can be manipulated and corrupted and used for purposes other than best interest other than efficiencies you know a couple good examples we talked a lot about boeing who i don't think will be sponsoring us anytime soon um really fine uh, company there was you know there's a lot of incentives to you know not just for profit but for making a quality product that you you could build up brand um uh trust but on top of that it was also something that people could wanted to buy into because it was it was such they, they were building something unique and special uh and then their incentives became twisted for immediate monetary gain, uh, and they started rushing products. They um, offloaded some core engineering to some uh, engineering houses, so they lost internal control, and the results were as you would expect. You know, but also the Briex, the gold, the gold run, where right. you know, and Ron, we didn't even talk about that. That was a disaster. But for me, the big takeaway on all of those misaligned incentives was actually that the incentivized animal is still fundamentally true. It's when it gets manipulated either through uh, malevolence, through intention or through accident and just not having the right information. But either way, it's still the incentives that are driving people to make these decisions. It, yeah, it, it does show the power of the incentive actually. Um, it's just that one that has consequences for for other people um that one overpowered the others but yes it certainly does still show the power uh, yeah so that was you know that was me racing through you know five episodes of some really good conversation trying to you know pull these things apart um i encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast as your first introduction, please go through the entire series. And if not, hey, come for the good stuff. Come for, it's, it's like coming to dinner late and just getting dessert. And that's and You're free to do that if, if you're so Yeah, ins- and anyone that is listening, please, uh, please let us know your thoughts. Reach out to us and, uh, and give us some feedback. We'd love to, uh, to hear your take on, on incentives and how you think there uh, helps 
structure or don't structure human behavior. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if if there's any thoughts about how uh, maybe there's parts that we missed, yeah, f- uh, feel free to look us up on uh, on on the website or on the email. Um, just let go, just search free range buffalo ca. Anyways, so so what? Rather than plugging ourselves, let's talk about so what. Okay, well, here for me when I was taking a look and and, and both in speaking through it and then listening to it again, the incentivized animal. The what I take a look. I'm a very methodical individual. Step one: the recognition and acceptance that humanity is a collection of incentivized individuals. That there's and and on top of that, there's a component of that that is um, underneath our reason, and it drives us in in in. We can never underestimate nor dismiss that function of it. And what I what I gained speaking with through this with you, uh, Mike, is actually it's like Dorothy pulling back the curtain and seeing Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. If it, if you if someone can actually when you look at another individual. Or are you looking at a at a group, an association, a company is really fun to do this too, and countries. If you can take a look at them and start to pull out what are their incentives, not and and it's not just saying how would I be incentivized in their place, but trying to really put yourself into their position, saying what are they being incentivized by, understanding pursuit of pleasure versus avoid pain avoidance, you know. Like maybe they're being incentivized, like they're really trying to avoid some pain. Um, on a geopolitical front, sometimes you say, why is a country willing to go through huge economic pain willf- willfully, but maybe they're being incentivized because out of that economic pain, they can secure a border and they're, they're being more incentivized by an, a pain avoidance of insecurity or, um, Maybe a, maybe a, a corporation. You take a look about whether you want to invest in a corporation. You need to really, before you put your hard-earned dollars into into a company, you know, rather than chasing the market, trying to understand, you know, of course, doing your due diligence and looking at all the fundamentals, but also to, trying to understand what what are, what are they being incentivized by? You know, if um, is is it the the mad pursuit of uh, um, profits because that's not necessarily how I would characterize a company like SpaceX, not in the short term, you know, um, but, and, and, or you can take a look at certain corporations like Amazon. What, what's driving their model? What's driving Facebook? What are they being incentivized by? Okay, Facebook is giving us all these free things. Google's giving us all these free services online. Okay, you know nothing's free. What are they being incentivized by? And if you can stop and ask that question, I feel that's going to be a hugely empowering activity uh, for you. I, I, I find myself doing this a lot more in the past couple of weeks, really trying to take back that, uh, you know, pull back that curtain and just start trying to see what is dri- uh, driving that. So, yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, it does have a lot of, uh, gives you a lot of insight into uh, why uh, people, organizations, governments might uh, might act a certain way and uh, and helps it to explain. So I think I think looking at it through that lens, it's uh, it is uh, helpful to uh, to analyze 
yeah. through that lens. So. Yeah, and, 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 and it's not exhaustive. I mean, here's the joy of humanity. I mean, it's such a complex, I mean, I'll even take a step back. I would challenge any individual to actually truly tell me with a hand on heart whether they even understand themselves and the motivations that make them do certain things. Like we have, we we have an entire profession called psychology trying to peel that onion. And I don't think we're any closer than we were when Freud and Jung were trying to play this game, but no, no, I'm, I'm not sure. I think, you know, we, uh, we do have some understanding and I think attempts like this are always, well, there are attempts to just kind of put, put a definition on the chaos. But the but one thing mm. about uh, the incentives is, is yeah, you're right. We sometimes we don't know our own individual incentives, but then they go out into the world and they compete against all these other, um, not only competing incentives in ourselves, but mm. but within others too. Yeah, so it creates this whole uh, myriad of. Choices, and I guess that's kind of what makes life dynamic. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's a very useful tool. I and, and I encourage everyone to try and look at that, especially when you're talking to it, maybe a friend, family member, even at a at a micro level, trying to figure out what's going on with them. But, um, what about yourself, Mike? I mean, what was one of your big takeaways uh, going through this process, going through this uh, this topic? Well, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I learned a lot. I think talking to you through it because you know you just you just don't realize some of the things that you don't know about uh, something like how how much incentives do actually influence human behavior. Mm. But I kind of looked at them from a, a, a different perspective, and that was <clears throat> um, so incentives could be excuse me either good or bad. Um, you know, they can as we saw in episode five they can become misaligned and lead to uh, lead to bad consequences um, usually there's there's a trade-off between the short and the long-term incentives mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of a strategic versus a tactical or again which which ones you value more what uh, what you're incentivizing for and then I think there's always knock-on effects and those can be positive or sometimes it's the law of unintended consequences because you never quite know the behavior that uh, that an incentive might encourage. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so and sometimes those incentives lead to self-selection. So, um, you know, people that want a lot of money are going to go into a competitive industry uh, against each other, those kind yep. of things. So um, I was thinking how about how organizations and individuals and any anybody that's sort of in, in any type of structure might want to use incentives to uh, to benefit them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and what I thought um, you would want to do in, in an organization or as an individual, uh, you'd want to set a, a large challenge and turn that into an incentive, uh, but an aspirational incentive, so something mm. that would pull you along. Yeah. Okay. Um, they've done that with incentive contests and uh, Virgin Galactic. I believe we explored that in an earlier episode. Yeah. Um, canned food again, uh, but uh, and then we need to create sort of long-term incentives, and uh, and those are going to be, the reason for that is because they're going to allow those positive effects right. to compound those knock-on effects. Then if you go for long-term incentives, uh, they're going to compound 
over over that time, whereas you don't get that effect in the short term. Well, um, and then, but I think it's also important during that long-term intensified process is mm-hmm. to reevaluate for misalignment because, you know, on a long journey, you can easily go off course and not know it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important too, is if you're going to set up long-term incentives that you reevaluate for uh, for any misalignment that, that uh, you didn't realize when you set up that incentive. Well, I, I, I have to really, I mean, what's, what's really triggering me, you know, this, this, this line of thought where I was looking at it from a, um, almost like a passive observer, you're in a, in an art gallery and you're looking at all these different pieces of art and you're, and, and you're as an observer trying to understand, um, what you're looking at, trying to understand their incentives, trying to understand their motivation. So as, as an empowering tool, but you're actually taking a look as a, an active tool, a proactive tool, um, which you can take a look from a, you can look to yourself. How are you being incentivized? You know, I mean, this is like a, a, an internal self audit you can do to see whether or not your behavior is going along within certain ways. And in fact, you might even be able to consciously adjust your incentives, uh, whether it's uh, personal betterment, you know, you know, let's say, well, I don't want to be drinking as many bottles of wine per evening. Frankly, apparently the doctors say you should be drinking th- more than three. I'm, 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 I'm not a doctor. I don't know how many you should, you should be drinking. But anyways, that's not the point. <laughs> uh, um, the, but out of that though, you can say, well, how do I adjust my individual behavior? And then I, I really like what you're, what you're going on about though. Cause if, you, if you're going on, if you're taking a look, if you're a manager, if you're a decision maker, if you're someone who is, is trying to um, guide a group and anytime you're more than one person and trying to guide another human's behavior, you'll look at the incentives. You know, people talk about carrot and stick. Well, that's a very rudimentary way. Those are incentives, pain, pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you can be much more sophisticated about that long-term incentives, short-term incentives. And if you really are get good at this game, you can say, well, if I give this incentive, it's going to drive this behavior, but I have, you know, on the dark side of that same coin, it could drive some bad behavior over here. And you can even go with a counter incentive, you know, when you make a sophisticated tool like that. Um, and I think that's another piece about this discussion we've been having is how powerful it can be when you, when, when the scales come from your, uh, fall from your eyes and you can take a look and be honest with yourself that saying it's not always logic and reason that's going to win the day. It's not just emotion. It's not just, it's, it's understanding what is driving these individuals to do and act in certain ways. You know, um, in, in the most recent, in the, in the, the, the COVID-19 crisis, you know, the first wave of panic buying was toilet paper. Well, I don't know if anyone would have been able to anticipate that, but there was an incentive, fear, don't want to have a, dirty backside in the, in, in, in the face of a crisis, I suppose. And then, you know, panic buying. Well, I don't want to be the one who's left out, you know, but if you, under, if you understand those things, you can anticipate them. And then you can be on a, on a leading edge of saying, well, how do I prevent that going forward as a organization, as a group, or how do I, as an individual, get ahead of that curve anytime I, like, I don't want to be on the caught out, you know, and that, that goes for what, you know, it's the same, same psychology goes into the financial markets as I, as you well are aware. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think what you uh, referred to is, is some of those knock-on effects, and also, I, I think I forgot to mention this, but I, it's important, is that um, I think incentives also create uh, reinforcing, um, sorry, they reinforce behavior. Right, of course. Uh, so at, if one person grabs toilet paper, you know, we're so referential as, as human mm. that uh, that we copy each other. But the, but what's important about the incentives is that they create feedback loops. Yeah, you, and so critical. It, it's, um, it's important when you're structuring them and it's important to understand them that that the incentive creates a feedback loop and what that feedback loop creates is, is what that incentive is going to mean and therefore drive, I think, the behaviors that we've just discussed. No, that's well said, my friend. Very well said. Well, I have to say, I, um, I found the whole activity very empowering. Um, I think it's, it's changing how I'm looking at and dealing with uh, other people. Uh, how I'm viewing, uh, it's giving me another tool in the toolbox for how I am analyzing the news, how I'm looking at markets, how I'm, how I'm looking at, even when I'm looking at drama, like if, you know, when, when I'm Netflixing and uh, chilling here and I'm, and I, I'm even watching going, well, that incentive doesn't make sense. So it's maybe even more critical consumer of media. Um, so for all of those of our, uh, free range Buffalo crowd, uh, I hope you're growing in sophistication and you're realizing that there's an incentive to keep listening to our humble little podcast. And on that note, <laughs> it's time to go. For all of us here at the Free Range Buffalo, break free of the herd, roam free. Like and subscribe to this podcast. And if you want to have influence on future podcasts, reach out and contact us. There may be an incentive coming soon. <laughs>